Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. I'm Joe Oberly, Senior Writer at VikingsTerritory.com, ProPTSD.com, and that's Mark Craig from Senior Writer and uh, NFL Writer and Vikings Writer and Writer Writer from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Uh, Mark, we're back here to talk about those old Minnesota Vikings, you know, and it's really interesting. Last year, every week, it seemed like they would do something even more amazing than the previous week. And just, you know, you, th- you think it couldn't get any exciting, more exciting to be a Vikings fan while well, we get the complete opposite this year. Every uh, week they seem to do something even worse and make an even worse game. I mean, after, I mean, we've had the Bears game and there was one a couple of weeks ago that I was uh, apoplectic about. And now, you know, their biggest rival – coming to your uh, stadium with the season on the line and uh, they just lay a complete egg that there's just really nothing. uh, There's no joy in Mudville and there was no joy at us bank stadium for Vikings fans. That was, that was bad. 33, 10 loss that uh, the only reason they got a touchdown is because they muffed a punt in their own end zone. It was, it was bad from the get go all the way through. What did you think of that one, Mark? Well, it makes you feel any better. Last year's team lost 41-17 in Green Bay and 40-3 to the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is just, uh, you know, it's um, it's not just the quarterback either. I mean, you know, it's not. No. He wrote about turnovers for Sunday, and, um, you know, this has been a theme since six, seven, less than seven minutes into the season when, when uh, little do we know, Ed Ingram reaches his arm back and knocks the ball out of Kirk's hand. Three turnovers in that first half, the third one being Kirk throwing a ball at the end zone. Um, you know, so this is not just, well, you know, if Kirk comes back, everything's going to be golden. This is a, this was their identity. Turnovers was their identity this year. And, um, you know, it's uh, doesn't help when you're, you know, I think I called it, a, you know, it's, it was a desperate move to put Jaron Hall in there, but entirely and expected and um, and uh, legitimate to, to do that because, you know, uh, what Nick Mullins put up uh, against Detroit wasn't – I don't think I can recall a, a quarterback who's been more careless with the ball than he was with Detroit. So – and Dobbs <laughs> fell out of favor rapidly and became a third stringer. Um, so, yeah, this was the move that they, that they had that was the logical move to make, and it didn't work out. And the Packers – and the bottom line is it's still a, an emotional game and the Packers wanted it more. And yeah. it, frankly, it felt like sitting in green Bay there for a while, because uh, it was, it was a Packers party. It was uh, that that's not, uh, you know, to lose your division to the, to the lions at home on Christmas Eve, the Packers to drum you basically drum you out of the playoffs a week later on new year's Eve. You know, that's not acceptable for, I don't care who's starting a quarterback. That performance is, that's going to leave a mark that these people need to uh, correct. Uh, there's no uh, – uh, the champagne sellers in the Twin Cities were 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 pleased. For two weeks in a row, someone was popping champagne at U.S. Bank Stadium, and it wasn't from someone from Minnesota. Mark, what do you think of that move? I mean, you, both you and I, uh, for whatever, you know, on whatever level endorsed it last week to put the rookie Jaron Hall in, I, I – uh, uh, I wanted to go back and watch 
that one drive that he had earlier in the season because I saw a, a poised quarterback then. Now, maybe that was scripted for him or something or or whatever, but he seemed so much more confident then than he did now. But do you think, you know, then he gets pulled at halftime because he, he, he turns the ball over, throws a bad interception, throws some terrible passes, is uh, loses a fumble. Do you think uh, Kevin O'Connell mismanaged this decision because it seemed like Unless I guess he did say after he was always telling Nick Mullins, you might need to come back in. So, yeah, like I just like I said, it was it was a desperate move, but it was uh, it was logical, logical because it's a desperate situation. Uh, Mullins did not earn the right to step back on the field and have 52 guys follow him because they wouldn't. You know what he did, you know, 411 yards, whatever doesn't matter the way that he put the ball just completely with just such a careless, you know, uh, approach. I would not have put him back out there. That's, that's my opinion. That's an opinion of I think of just about everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, the sample size for hall was, and, and you know, the reason that I, I'm, well, I'm sure we'll get to this at some point that I, I, I picked the Packers uh, and won this one, the series by, you know, oh. I've, I've, I've oh, the starters next week. Um, but this is kind of what you expect, you know, you expect, the sample size in Atlanta was so small. It's like a, it's eleven plays. Yeah, the play was him. You know, uh, hats off to the kid for you know for for guts, but he got completely blown apart at the goal line, uh, and his stay was done. So you can't really, you know, uh, he didn't well. seem ready for prime time. You know, yeah. uh, I, I don't I don't think he was ready for it, but there was not there wasn't a whole lot of other options and. Um, it was good to see. It was good to kind of see, you know, I, I wouldn't completely write him off and say that, um, you know, that he's done and that you don't bring him back next year. But I, I don't think, I think you also look at it as, Hey, uh, everything's on the table right now, including signing Kirk, don't sign Kirk, uh, drafting a guy as a backup, drafting a guy and starting him starting over. I think everything's on the table right now, but I, I don't think he mismanaged it. I, you know, things got blown apart so quickly at the end of that, uh, uh, at the end of that first half that it, it was the right time to go to Mullins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, that, that is, you know, it was his fumble, but Christian Derisaw got, you know, was a swinging gate on that play where, you know, you got, you got what, 20, 20, 26 seconds until halftime and you're turning the ball over at your 33. And then your poor defense has just had to, put up with so much of this crap for so long and two plays later it's 25 yard you know touchdown where the guys running past missed tackles and running over guys um and it was over it was over if it wasn't over before that yeah it's over at uh, 23 23 to three when when mullins is is making four interceptions the previous game or four yeah four interceptions the previous game he's got his own turnover problems i'm not sure in this game it would have made any difference if he starts, even though Jaron, you know, now granted, if you get off to a better start and yeah. you, you put some pressure on the Packers, it's a different outcome, but they were ready for this game. They, they, they feasted on Jaron Hall. They feasted on, on Nick Mullins. They feasted on the Vikings defense, which we'll get to in the next segment. Ed. They, they figured it out. They knew exactly what, what, what to do there. With, with the Vikings defense. So I'm not sure, you know, Nick Mullins starting would have made much difference. They, the Vikings were undermanned. They had lost Hawkinson. They lost DJ Wanham coming into the game who were both integral 
players for this team this year. So uh, I think they're outmanned, outgunned. And like you pointed out, they had more emotion. They wanted it more. They, they, they were clawing their way up where the Vikings were just trying to hold on by their fingernails. Yeah, and not you know, Mullins not only threw away the Lions game, he threw away the, the Bengals game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the end of that first half in the Bengals game, you know, there's a field goal right there. It's, it's a game that they, that they lose on a field goal in overtime. And one of them was in the red zone. He throws the ball away. Uh, the second one, he essentially hands it to the guy who's sacking him for an interception. Uh, when the sack, even the sack, you still would have gotten a field goal. Um, so yeah, it's it's him. It's was not the decision wasn't just based on him throwing away the Lions game. It was it throwing away the Bengals game and the Lions game? And you know, there's so many now the Packers game. That's not the case with the Packers game, but this this slide that they had losing four out of five before they played the Packers. Um, they were all winnable. There were games where, you know, you could say, well, you know, didn't, didn't have Kirk and we, you know, we were had these injuries and blah, blah, blah. But there still were points in that game where it was winnable. It was winnable with what they had and they didn't rise to the challenge. They, you know, it's not just a, well, we lost Kirk and we, you know, everybody gets a free pass. That's not the case of my, at least not in my book. Yeah. And you, you mentioned the, the operative word, there was a certain, guy named Kirk who got on the Gallerhorn before the game without his shirt on with the Kirko chains back around his neck, his son even helping him out there with no shirt on to blow the horn. Uh, that says so much because uh, that means he's still invested in this team uh, and maybe Coles is not going to be happy. He wasn't wearing a Coles shirt up there, but uh, you know that, that's beside the point. But the bottom line is they're going to have to, they're going to have to sit down at the table and, and and pay Kirk Cousins money, and he's going to be able to write his own ticket because what he, you know, while he looked like he wanted them to win in his stead, he uh, every every quarterback they threw out there just stat brought home the point that got to pay Kirk and yeah, but and I, I, well, I don't, I I think you know, and I've said before that it's, it's obviously looking better for Kirk. Yeah. Each week is looking better for Kirk. It's looking better for Kirk. But, you know, now that they've ended this season so tremendously horrible, it's, you know, there's so other things that they, they need that they also – I don't know how it all fits. And somebody I saw before, you know, put it very well. It was like there's a difference between a Kirk hater and a Kirk salary hater. You know, uh, what will that do to their ability to – I mean – in the past month, we've seen the Lions whoosh by them, obviously. Uh, the Packers whoosh by them. And the Bears are tied with them at the, and, and, you know, will probably finish the year tied with the Vikings in the last place. Uh, but they're on the rise. And they just clinched the number one pick. You know, they're rising, but they clinched the yeah. number one pick because they got Carolina's pick. And you could say that, that essentially D.J. Moore was like a number one draft pick because they got him. He's got 90-some catches, 1,300 yards. So, you know, bringing Kirk back, is that what's that going to do for you? Is it, is it going to get you over the hump, or is it just going to be, well, we got no one else? I, that's what uh, – Are you advocating blowing it up? No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying all options are on the table, for, for, would be for me, by how they finish this year. And, and just like, you know, do you pay Jefferson? Do you pay Daniil? You know, I don't know the answer to these financial situations, these questions, but if the answer is we got to let Daniil walk, we, we uh, 
Uh, we, you know, we're not going to be able to to fill holes, and, and we're just going to come back and and have Kirk lead us, you know, and cover up mistakes. He doesn't do that. It's been proven. He doesn't. He kind of he's like a, a thermometer and not a um, thermostat, I guess. What you he kind of he is what your team is. Um, he, he can give you. He can he, you, you can compete with him. But when you look at the turnovers this year, um, they tied with the Browns as far as quarterbacks making turnovers, 20, uh, 26 turnovers by the quarterback. Um, now, granted, they're not all Kirk's fault, but they're not all Dobbs' fault. They're not all Mullins. And uh, uh, well, Mullins probably was all his fault, but uh, <laughs> but not even, even Jaron Hall, not all his fault. But they Kirk played eight games. Four and four, as Kirk usually is, typically, uh, right around 500. And he had nine turnovers. He had more than the other guys. Um, and I'm not saying you, you just get rid of him. You, you don't even consider it. But I'm saying it can't just be an automatic, well, you know, if we just had Kirk, we would have been all right. You know, you could say he's playing at an MVP level. But I don't know too many MVPs that were four and four and had nine turnovers in eight games. I'm, I'm going to tell you, though, I think uh, it's also the manner of those those turnovers. Kirk lost some of those games early before the defense got its its act together. And uh, Kirk playing in some of these one-score games that were cost by turnovers later this season, I think he's he's making the plays to win some of those games. So I, I think you could have well, – if, if Kirk plays, you got two more wins on there that you didn't get. I can't say that. I, I, yes, I, I can. I, yes, I, I can. Will, Either way. I, I don't, believe in saying anything well you can just say you know that he'd get two more wins or he'd be two more losses no it's he put up what he put up he got hurt and then that's all you can judge it by that's all you can judge it by you can't judge it by him some of those losses were because uh he didn't have a defense behind him okay so in in atlanta the first quarter in in the first half and against uh, the buccaneers defense only gave up a field goal off those three turnovers all right. Yeah. Um, the defense, uh, well, in, um, well, I mean, in the other ones, the defense, Chargers, all, Chargers yeah, game, the Chargers, yeah, the Chargers, you know, they, they, but the Chargers game, Kirk is at the worst turnover of the year. Yep. Is they are at the six yard line. Six, but granted, yeah. You know, we can say, well, was how much of it was on uh, Hawkinson for not catching the ball? It wasn't like it just a, a perfect pass that was right here that it was all all on Hawkinson's fault, and that's this is where the Kirk can. And I'm not against Kirk. I'm not for Kirk. I'm just trying to like be uh, objective about Kirk. And this is the Kirk conundrum. It's well, you know, it's 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 the left, it's the right guard's fault. It's oh, the tight end didn't do this, or it just always seems to be. Well, you know, he his numbers or his stats are really good, but it's just blah 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 blah. And I'm saying that I would put all options on the table if it's going to cost me fifty million dollars to bring him back at thirty six with a coming off an Achilles. No, thank you. Well, uh, so all options on the table. One of those is is finally abandon the uh, competitive rebuild and blow it up and and not pay Kirk and. Uh, you, you gotta let uh, 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 Neil Hunter go. You better sign uh, uh, J- Justin Jefferson just because he's such a uh, transformational player. But he's not going to be happy if Kirk's gone. He wants him here. So um, there's so many. If they decide to go that route, it's something they can do. But 
uh, they've got a lot of work to do. Do you think Quasi's the man to get it done? I don't think he's proven to be the guy that, that you know, to build a team from the bottom up. I, I think he would been as coach of the year, but what he what he was doing with Dobbs early on was impressive, and that was coach of the year material. And but then it just it disappeared, and I think in part because I think O'Connell tried to fill him with too much, tried to do too much with him instead of letting him play. And then instead of putting some packages together where he could be a backup and, you know, who would you rather have active, uh, you know, Dobbs or or Lewisine or, or, or even Andrew Booth, uh, you know, you could look at the end of that Packers game as an example of, you know, I'm not saying Quasey should be fired or anything, but you look at the end of that Packers game and, uh, you know, Lewisine actually was active this week. He's on the field. Andrew Booth played the last handful of snaps because they just throw people out there. Um, you know, these are guys that should be difference makers. And, and you know, granted, Jordan Addison, you know, good pick. Um, and I still think that uh, getting Dobbs and what he did for those three games, that that was worth the sixth or seventh round pick or whatever it was. But I, I don't see some tremendous, like, guy that's, you know, that's going to gonna do that. But, but I'm just saying all options are on the tail. I'm not saying, well, if you get rid of Kirk or you decide not to sign Kirk, that you don't sign Daniel, you don't sign Justin Jefferson. And, and frankly, you know, I guess I'll just I'll put on my old school hat and say, you know, I'm not going to have my team. My, if, I, if I'm an owner or I'm a GM or I'm a coach, I'm not going to have my personnel decisions uh, dictated to me by Justin Jefferson. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. You know? so if, if it gets to where, and Justin Jefferson certainly proved last year in the, in the summer where he didn't do the hold in, maybe he should have done his hold in, you know, in hindsight, maybe it does him and the team better if he does his hold in. So they bring him back earlier. So he doesn't have to spend two months with a hamstring uh, and he gets his money. You know, he comes back or, or however they work that. So that, that situation works differently. If he's got his contract and he's taken care of, I think, you know, just all, all the way around. Uh, and so, but if he if he can't accept what you're going to do, there'd be a lot of I would trade it. Yeah. So so I'd say everything wow. on the everything is on the table of how where the season went and how quickly it went and 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 the, the holes that were exposed. Their offensive line is not set. No. So their running backs are not set. Um, defensive line not set. Linebackers not set. Uh, Marcus Davenport was a disaster. He's not coming back. Uh, DJ Wonham is a free agent. He's got a, an injury that could take a up to a you know close to a year or whatever to root through cover from. Um, there's just massive holes everywhere. And just giving Kirk 40 million and giving Justin Jefferson 35 million, it's not going to get it done. Yeah, well, I you know, with all due respect to your old school mentality, I share some of that, but I don't think it works anymore in this NFL. Uh, Justin Jefferson is going to voice his opinion; he already has, and you better listen because um, he sells he sells tickets for you, Mark. You just can't let that guy go. And yeah, winning, winning would sell tickets for you. Winning would, and, and 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 I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm not advocating. I'm not advocating that they certainly not advocating that they trade Jefferson Jefferson, but I'm saying if if behind the scenes, what are you you got to have a plan? You got to have a plan, and they better figure it out. They better have been working on this. They better start uh, right now. Yeah, they just, well, yeah, they should have started a long time ago. But 
you know, if you're just going to muddle through, muddle through, muddle through, um, it, it's just not, it's not going to work. And win, winning is what will put, you know, if you can get, uh, just saying, if, 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 if Justin Jefferson say he just all of a sudden became like, you know, I'm not going to play if Kirk, I st- I don't think he's, uh, certainly he would, he would like to play with Kirk Cousins again because Kirk did have a connection with him, but it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't, there were times where he was frustrated with Kirk as well. And, you know, asking a guy a question in, in a, in a podium setting where, you know, what do you think of this? Well, you're not going to get a lot of times a hundred percent truth on things. So there were some frustrations with him and with Kirk. Uh, well, I'm just saying in this whole, uh, everything on the table, as you watch everyone else in the division gaining on you and going by you and holy crap, you know, it's not just us and, Oh geez, if we can just handle the Packers, it's no. The Lions, are, Lions aren't going anywhere with a 29-year-old quarterback and and some excellent drafting. Uh, Packers, you know, the Vikings should should be all teams should be kind of doing what the Packers do and getting a quarterback and grooming him and bringing him along. Uh, Jordan Love, I'm not saying Jordan Love's a 10-year starter and going to be a Pro Bowl All-Pro guy, but. I sure as hell would rather have their situation at quarterback going forward and trying to prog- progress than to like, what are we going to do? Are we going to get Kirk and then we're going to like hope that Jared and Hall practices better? It's you got to have a plan here. So what? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll say it one more time and I, and I know because I, I I'm a big proponent of saying this is what the Vikings will do rather than what they should do because I think they know more than I. What what do you think they will do? when when you know with all things on the table what what what's what's going to happen starting now because this is huge i mean you, you've laid it out very well that uh uh everything should be on the table and there's not there's not much that's really settled right now and they are in more disarray last year might have been fool's gold and now we're we're paying the piper this year without because for our lack of depth or what have you but what do you think they will do, Mark? What 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 do you think will happen to this team? Will they blow it up? Will they will they sign these guys? Will they listen to Justin? Will they you know? Uh, it it's it, it's it might be one thing. I'm not saying to tell them what they should do. What do you think they will? Do? Well, I, you know that was the argument all last year. Is it fool's gold? Is it not fool's gold? And ultimately. It wasn't for for us to yell and scream over each other, not not you and me, but just in general, the two sides. That's how things you um, people think things get decided now. Is whoever yells the longest and screams you lot or you know pounds the table long and and wins while the other person walks away wins. But it was proven to be fool's gold because of you know about how the defense played against the Giants, how Kirk played at the end of the Giants game. Um, you know, just it was. They, they weren't up to the, those 13 wins. They didn't rise. To, and they had just beaten that team a month earlier, not even a month earlier. So, yeah, they, they, there was some fool's gold to last year. As far as what will they do, um, I, I think that they'll resign Kirk. Um, I, don't, I don't see Kirk taking a one-year deal. I don't see Kirk taking anything less than Daniel Jones, who's making $40 million a year. So you're looking at a two-year, $80 million deal. Uh, you know, if and again, I don't. I'm not only not only am I not a good NFL cap guy, I'm not a good media cap guy. So I'm just saying how I would if 
if you can do that and, and put a put a team that's better than um, I mean the defense we're going to rip the defense here in a minute and all that and and people are upset with the defense but the defense played whereas last year the defense underperformed the defense this year overperformed and they they gave them everything they had and if you can't get your defense or keep your defense at that level or, or add to it and and do the Kirk deal and do Jeff Jefferson deal and all that. If all you're doing is like, just have, you're going to have a good quarterback. That's going to be, you know, mopping up with, with great stats, then that's not going to work. But yeah, what they will do, I think they'll probably sign Kirk. And if you sign Kirk, which I think they will do, I'd like to see it for two years, but they draft a a quarterback of the future and groom a little bit. I don't know. Trade, trade up. Trade up, trade up, trade up with what? Yeah, uh, future draft picks because they're going to suck for next. I, I I don't know, Mark. That's what yeah, I. That's what I'm, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like if you want to, if you want to hit, hit a home run, I, again, it's giving up some, giving up a lot to get up there. But um, they, you know, yeah, you're right. To me, they, they, I mean, that maybe Jaron Hall was that that attempt this year. Uh, I don't go forward thinking that's uh, that he's a quarterback of the future. I know it's a small sample size. Uh, Nick Mullins, I wouldn't even have put him. I wouldn't even have on the team next year no. because I don't think Nick would give you anything more than say Jaron would. Um, so you know, Nick to me is yes. I'm sorry, Nick. See you later. Um, you know, I don't know. It's well, I, I was going to say have to be yes. Uh, yeah. Number one priority is, is is to try and figure out who the quarterback of the future is. If you sign Kirk, and which I like to see him do for a couple of years, and as I was saying, then that then that brings back Jefferson, you know. So that to me is 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 worthwhile because then you keep him happy, you bring him back, and you and you and you move forward. You probably got to say hi, goodbye to Neil, and then then everything else is off the table. Then Brian Flores says, "Well, I'll see you later because I don't have Daniel, but you know the, the dominoes fall anyway." Um, with those thoughts in mind, let's 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 take a quick break here and come back back and talk about that defense, which is uh, started out strong, uh, poor, came on, got gangbusters, and just fizzled at the end this year. So uh, there are plenty to talk about there. So come on back to Vikings territory breakdown. All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings territory breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Uh, boy, you know, as as the season ends here and kind of fizzles to a finish, uh, certainly different from last year. You, you wonder if you have anything to talk about, but it, it's never yeah. – <laughs> there's never a problem there. We'll have plenty to talk about, certainly with the quarterback position and uh, uh, Justin Jefferson, and then and then what to do on defense. You know, the defense was, was – like I was saying before, he started out great – or started out poorly – uh, first few games, and they caught on to Brian uh, Flores' system and played great. There was a stretch; they were top five in the league for the way they were playing, uh, going a number of quarters without giving up a touchdown. And then the last three games, it just went apart. And part of that is, you know, getting injured at the cornerback position. Part of that is losing uh, 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 DJ Wanham this past week. Part of that is never getting Marcus Davenport on the field for more than two games this year. What a terrible pickup that has turned out to be. Um, and you know, 
at the end of the season, you see your older players are just not shy. I hardly saw Harrison Smith, what maybe could have been his last game home game for the Vikings. I, you know, um, w- w- you, you like some of the things you I liked what I see from uh, Jordan Hicks. It was good to have him back on it. I thought uh, uh, Ivan Pace played well this year. Um, the Neil Hunter had a great season, but you know, you go back into the secondary and, and uh, the, the reports stock report is not up, you know? So uh, how do you assess the defense, Mark? What, well, what did you see? Well, I guess before you go that far, tell me how the Packers uh, talk about how they just found a way to riddle them. I mean, you know, they Jordan Love was getting the ball out and they were short and sh- pa- short passes in front of their, their uh, zone defense. It was just, there was wide open receivers all day on Sunday. Well, before I do that, okay. okay. You mentioned Kirk, you know, taking his shirt off and getting the crowd going crazy. Defense comes out. What happened? Three and out. Yep. Defense forced three and out. Then what happened? Offense, three and out. And they have like a third and two. Darisaw gives up a whiff on a block. Jaron Hall gets hit, ball goes incomplete to, to Johnny Munt, who's now your your star was tight end. Uh, <laughs> so three and out, everyone's that place was that place was. I mean, when Kirk did that, and then after that three and out, that place was ready to explode. And it was, you know, I don't want to say it's 50-50 Packers, but but you you probably could hear it on TV as well that it was you know, there were a lot of Packers cheering. Okay, so now that's back to back three and outs. Then what happens? So the uh, defense uh, holds in the red zone. It's a 3 nothing game. So there, there's a hold in the red zone. Granted, uh, Love overthrew or, or missed a wide-open guy. That would have been a touchdown. But it's because Jones and uh, Daniil pressured, all right? So the defense is still going pretty good. Uh, then then you get um, uh, offense gets the ball back trailing 3 nothing. What happens? You know, he throws a, you know, Johnny Munt comes across. He's supposed to sit down in the zone. He keeps drifting. Jaron Hall doesn't know where to throw it. He throws it sort of behind him. It goes off Munt's hands, intercepted. Okay, then it's uh, at the 33. So you're giving the ball to them at the 33. So the defense can't be faulted entirely. There's a touchdown. It's 10-0, okay? Then the offense gets the ball back. They start off first and five with an encroachment penalty, and they, they still can't get a first down. Jeez. You know, they, uh, they, they punt it up. Uh, da, da, da. And, and then before you know it, it's, it's, you know, it's 17 to three. It's, you know, the offense at the offense, did, it, um, Jaron Hall did not complete a pass until it was, uh, I don't know. I had that written down, but it was well into the game. Yeah. He doesn't complete a ball in the first quarter. Uh, his first completion is when they're already down, uh, 10, and nothing. Uh, what I'm saying is the defense defense was not good, was not great, but they got zero help, zero help. And it's been it's been a case so many times this year of where you know, like they at Atlanta first and they they give the ball up at the one yard line first and goal. Atlanta has to kick a field goal. Denver uh, they get the ball three times, including one time at the Vikings nine yard line after Dobbs gets his arm hit. Three field goals. So uh, you're talking about a defense, and also a defense that's on the field for over almost 38 minutes of a 60 minute game. Um, so yeah, that's number one. That's 
to me, it's a defense that has just had to hold hold the house up, you know, for so long that they just it, it's impossible to keep doing it. Um, as far as the, some of the, the guys being open, um, it's it's the the pressure. You know, you, you mentioned Marcus Davenport, a wall. You know, he's, he's gone. Uh, Wonham gets hurt. The pressure whenever they would like there was one uh, the twenty eight yard floater uh, that went up in the air and, and Bo Melton. <laughs> We all got to know who Bo Melton was on. Uh, whenever I was like, who's 80? I, I had no idea who 80 was. So you look it up, it's like, wow, okay. Guy with five career catches in two years, catches six He's a superstar balls, now. Uh, and a touchdown. Uh, but, you know, that's Ivan Pace. It's a, it's a blitz, and they pick it up. You know, the pass rush could not be – was not effective, so that leaves – you know. You know, Brian Flores um, is a genius when the, whenever his pressures are getting there and he's – you know, uh, you know, Byron Murphy's playing and, and the pressure's on and you can you can do that. But, you know, if you have to sell out to get there, there's going to be open guys in the middle. There's going to there's one, you know, like that was the play where a guy he's able to cross clear across the field. It's a slow developing play and you know, you're still able to get it there. And there, nobody's like there to knock it down because everyone's rushing or, or they're, you know, it's it's a man coverage and that's the only guy over there. <laughs> Uh, and there were some blown coverages there um, as well. Like I thought, um, some of it had to do with the Packers having seen them, having seen the defense already once this season helped, and they got a decent coaching staff over there in in Matt Lafleur. And so many times it was right early on, it was quick passes. Well, then uh, they're pointing this out on the air. They're saying that at some point they said, "Okay, you just gotta." buy a little more time. So you saw uh, uh, Jordan Love backpedaling you know, away from the pressure, just waiting that extra, that third second, someone pops open underneath and he hits them, you know, actually throwing off his back foot or as they pointed out with no feet on the ground from time to time. So, I mean, it, it sounded to me like they really outcoached our team, you know, on both sides of the ball because they, they knew how to, to beat this defense and they, and they knew how to, uh, uh, befuddle uh, Jaron Hall and the rest of the crew. I, I, well, I'm sure that, you know, having played them once, that, that did help. But uh, And I think all, all eventually all Packers quarterbacks have to have that throw where they're, you know, where they're falling down and <laughs> launching it. Uh, and this guy's got a – he's got tremendous arm strength. Uh, you know, yeah, and, which helps. You know, it, I don't know. Just If he's able to get them into the playoffs in, the, in his first year, which it should, all they got – all they have to do is be, you know – but. You know, we'll talk. I guess we'll talk about playoff scenarios here yeah. eventually. But you know, they just have to beat the Bears. But the Bears are, have won four or five games. Uh, but yeah, there. Some of it has to do with that. Other parts have to do with. I think, you know, the defense did it kind of wear down because uh, there was a the one touchdown. I think right before halftime. Um, you know, they do a motion to the left, and um, and the guy comes free across the middle. There looks like uh, Caleb Evans looks confused on who to take the motion guy or, or uh, Reed, uh, and then Josh Metellus for as good as Josh Metellus is, he's not a a uh, a shutdown corner. Yeah, you know, he can play in the slot, but he's more of a physical guy, you know, rush guy. Uh, but he's left in the middle there with with Reed come flying across, uh, and then that he's basically that Reed's open there in the corner catches that ball. Um, the touchdown at the, or there was another touchdown where I think it might have been after the turnover, first turnover, 
Uh, I think, um, you know, Harrison Smith misses a tackle there. Mm. Uh, the corner coming uh, loses track or, or loses the ability to, to, stick, to keep up with. I think it was Reed. Uh, and then the guy just scores right away uh, and runs over, I think, Metellus toward the goal line. Uh, so, yeah, there was uh, some of it's coaching. Some of it was just, I think, wear and tear of a defense. Um, and then the second half, I thought they played about as well as they could, you know, given the fact they were on the field for so long. Yeah. Uh, and then the Packers, of course, throw that. We'll talk about with Booth, but they <laughs> third and six, you're leading by uh, – you're leading 33 to 10, and you're throwing a, a bomb. So uh, that that may come back in the in the rivalry at some point uh, to, to bite them. I, O'Connell said he wasn't upset with it, but uh, I don't think any coach wants that happen being done to him. Um, before we get to that and talk about some of the other defenders, I mean, Makai Blackman was hurt, you know, and at times uh, apparently Cam Bynum playing some corner to to help out this depleted uh, unit. What's what's going on with uh, a Caleb Evans? He he kind of regressed this year after you know last year he he got was was kind of injury riddled but when he was on the field he was making great plays and he tried he just was not the same player is he trying to protect himself because of all those concussions from last year or what's 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 up with him yeah i mean i, I don't know I, I have no idea I, I doubt if he's on if he's on the field he's you know i don't know how you hide yourself uh from concussions but um he got benched uh was it the Bengals game yeah or last um, week last week he did yeah. Okay. So he gets benched last week. Um, they could clearly did some motions that I think confused him maybe more. I'm just guessing, but can seem to confuse him more than, than, anyone, than others. Hmm. Um, but so much of what uh, Flores was able to do that was successful was based on, on the rush. You know, they did not, it's not like they had, you know, whenever uh, Murphy was in the game, it's not like they had Dion and, <laughs> Mel Blunt and you know they, they did not have a bunch of lockdown corners and you know Sauce Gardner they they just had kind of they had some guys that you know the Russian cover has got to be if it's not mm -hmm. together everybody gets embarrassed uh, you know you can say well you know the secondary did this or this or this but if if they're not if there's you know, if there's a lot of time for them to throw then. You know, You're exactly so, right. I mean, you, you uh, uh, them out, and that means you don't have to worry about anybody else as much, and you can pay more attention to Neil Hunter and neutralize him. Yeah, the, the rush was not there. Jared Goff sat back there and uh, like a statue and did what he wanted. Now uh, Jordan Love did whatever he wanted back there because generally they they were not pressured, that, and that's that's where it starts. And I would say, you know, the flip side of that we saw in week two was – um, the rush couldn't get there because uh, Justin Herbert was throwing it so quick, uh, right. that, and and the, his top receiver had you know had like a was eight uh, 17, 18 catches. He was like one second or third in NFL history, and a lot of that was was not you know wasn't the rush's fault because they couldn't get there. It's impossible to get there. You know the only your only hope is you put your arm up and knock a ball down. But there was, you know, the the coverage was was should have been tighter, and it wasn't. So, uh, you know, some of that early season stuff, and this is never going to change because they're not going to play in the preseason anymore. But uh, I'd say the first, you know, Philadelphia, um, the Chargers, you know, some of those early games are the fact that, you know, you can do all you want, you can do things in OTAs, you can do things in the, 
in the summer and have joint practices and pretend like that that's some you know gift from God when it comes to being prepared. But until you play, actually play the play at full speed, you're not going to be up to speed on his defense. So it took, you know, basically the first few weeks was was preseason for for their defense, and but you know they're adding them up at that point. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, I think the the rush is what what carried them, and now they just don't have they just don't have it. They're down to, you know, and Pat Jones is a good backup rotational rusher, but so is DJ Wonham. <laughs> you know, yeah. he was. The, you know, I don't know what uh, Zadarius left for, and I, you know, but if thirteen million for uh, for um, uh, Davenport or whatever uh, Zadarius was getting, I might have kept Zadarius. <laughs> oh, well, Zadarius uh, uh, died and went to heaven. He's he's having a good season down in Cleveland. He's going to be playing in the playoffs and on a team that nobody wants to play. Uh, you brought it up earlier, uh, speaking of another cornerback. Uh, I didn't even know he was on the field if he was, uh, Andrew Booth Jr., but I saw him after the game when he was in a little scuffle with some uh, some practice player who wasn't even on the roster, that, or I should say on the, the game day roster, that uh, they started uh, uh, throwing hands a little bit, and Aaron Jones steps in and, and walks right into a, a roundhouse. I think his teammate uh, hit him in the face, and uh, – and they, started, you know, they said like, oh, we wanted to, he wanted to defuse the situation and, you know, kind of pushed uh, Andrew Booth out of there. Um, then Pat Jones stepped in and said, okay, let's settle down, boys. But anyway, what did you hear about that afterwards? Uh, um, and what are your thoughts? And he kind of intimated a little. Well, bit. I mean, Andrew Booth said, oh, just just trash talking back and forth. You know, I, I had I have a feeling that it, it comes from. Uh, that third and six where they're throwing the ball 30, 40 yards downfield with a with a backup quarterback. And then you see, you sort of see the uh, looking back at the the game, you see the sideline with Jordan Love sort of laughing. And um, you know, the Vikings got humiliated. And, yeah. and, uh, yeah, I and that some of that carried over into the post game of of uh, you know, you can say what you want about it. it's sort of bush league. It's uh, when you do that to someone in your division. You know, it probably could come back to bite you. Um, O'Connell really dismissed it and said, "Hey, we we basically we we need the practice on stuff like that. You know, and uh, we want to get guys in those those kinds of plays." You know, I don't know, um, but yeah, that that's kind of what just trash talking and just you know, and you know, and for for it to be Andrew Booth, he was you know. Uh, his career uh, better take off soon, or he, you know, he's already kind of he's trending heavily toward a pretty bad draft pick. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's not pretty. wasn't pretty. You know, nope. when it was thirty to three, I said, Don't, "This rings a bell." I said, "Didn't didn't Brad Childress get fired when it was thirty to three after a Packers game?" And it, but it was thirty one to three. So. If Carlson makes that ex, extra point, it would have been maybe maybe, maybe <laughs> KO gets fired. I don't know. Oh no, it's too early for that. I'm no sorry. Thing, I, I, yeah, I, I don't agree with that yet. Uh, uh, but anyway, on that note, we'll take another quick break. We'll come back and talk about a little bit more, clean up a few things, and maybe talk. We'll talk about. I nice. got one more game we got to go through with the Lions, but with that Vikings three percent chance to make the playoffs. So uh, yeah. come on back, and we'll we'll talk about all that on. Uh, Vikings Territory Breakdown. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Uh, 
some quick things to, to hit on here. Once again, another uneven day by Ryan Wright. He hits a booming 69-yard punt when they didn't need that long of a punt and puts it out of the end zone. He hits another one like 32 yards after that, which uh, uh, leaves the Vikings at uh, – or the Packers at about the 32-yard line. So, once again, I mean, I think he's got the potential to be a really good punter, but he's he did not do them many favors this year. Uh I want to talk him and special teams. I should mention Najee Thompson, who was involved in a couple plays. One where he uh, hit, tried to not hit the, the 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 punt returner and almost got flagged for it. They made the right call. And the other one, when he did, great timing and caused a, a fumble and, and made the recovery and led to the Vikings' one touchdown in the game. So it was uh, nice to see that. So what did you think of special teams real quick? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Ryan Wright is—he's had the kind of season where I, you know, after last year he was—he seemed rock solid, and yeah, the year he's had this year, I'd be looking for a punter. I, I wouldn't—I wouldn't just assume he's going to be your my punter for next year. Wow! Uh, so you put the punter on the table too, I guess. <laughs> uh, when he had that twenty-six, I think it was a twenty-six-yard punt where it went off his, you know, yeah. went out of bounds. Um, you know, speaking going back to the defense, that that's when, you know, the defense, I believe. Uh, you know, they, they hold them downs in the red zone. So, you know, they, there was a third down, third and one where they did the tush push and, and they held up and then fourth down was incomplete. Um, so, but as far as Najee, uh, there were two guys this summer, whenever I really wanted to write about when I first started watching them was, was, uh, was Ivan Pace just after watching him in practice and, and Najee after his the whole world kind of like, or all the Vikings have watched that those preseason games early on saw what Najee can do, you know, just breaking free and uh, his ability to run at top speed and time, you know, his hits and, uh, and everything is uh, it's elite. I mean, and, and he, and they've done away with the kickoff. So he's making it, he's making this team basic on his ability to, and one specific play and that's covering punts. Uh, now he can do other things, and maybe his 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 uh, resume expands as he's uh, if they have him do other things. But that's pretty important. We saw in uh, they they picked up the flag on the one at the twelve yard line because the guy put his uh, Najee was on top of him so quick that the guy with the punt returner was late, you know, with the with the fl- with the wave, yeah. and Najee blasted him, and then you know. Not only to, uh, and I think Collinsworth made reference to this too on the, on the not only to make that hit uh, right out in the fourth quarter, but to like he immediately sprung to his feet and, and knew where the ball was and, right. and fell on it, uh, beating the the punt returner. So yeah, he's uh, I like I, Najee is. Uh, I'm glad that there's still a place in the NFL as they're getting away, getting done with the kickoff. The Najee Thompsons of the world are going to disappear, but uh, hopefully there's no way of getting rid of the punt return, uh, the punts. So, you know, you see a guy like him be in the NFL and be a special teams player is, uh, you know, it's fun to watch a guy like that. You know, it's uh, uh, quirk of the schedule. The Vikings played Detroit twice out of, the last three games, we know I, I'm pretty sure now that it's not going to be uh, three out of the last four games to beat him in the playoffs. But uh, um, it was set up, you know, after 
as coming into that little run of three games to to really have some drama here at the end of the season. But uh, Nick Mullins doesn't lead uh, Jefferson in the end zone, and they lose that one. And then they just fall on themselves and, and get totally outplayed this week. So uh, that leaves us with a uh, – uh, not another not very interesting game next week, and I can't see with with Detroit probably looking at playing for the, I think they're playing for the number two uh, spot yet. They still can gain that, so they have something to play for. I think the Vikings are in in trouble going into Detroit this weekend and trying, especially since the uh, the Lions got kind of screwed by the refs this weekend with with that uh, that 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 call where the, the the extra point. Did you see that game where they went for two and and uh, yeah. The whole check-in. I mean, talk about the, the Lions and what you, you think. Do, uh, even, do you think if the Lions didn't have something to play with that Dan Campbell would rest anyone? I, no, I don't say. I mean, not only did they, you know, they, they they do that play, they they, but whenever the penalty wipes it out and they're back, you know, like on the ten-yard line or whatever, he's still going for uh, the two. Which I don't three. agree with. He should have kicked it when it was. Yeah, seven he should have kicked, kicked it. And then they got a penalty that moved him half the distance up forward, and he's still yep. going for it. He probably should have done that. I think, uh, but that's just man. That's just who this guy is. Uh, I think uh, Dak Prescott. He said uh, he goes, "The man's crazy, but in a good way." You know, it's like, <laughs> and, and I, mean, I was talking it's to Kevin, to watch, but no, that's no, no, no one knows NFL uh, officials better than Kevin Seifert and uh, and the work that he he doesn't do it as much now because he's covering the Vikings. But um, you know, he made a niche of just like reporting on officiating, and it's. Uh, and he you know, was talking to him and, uh, and I, you know, you can see it too, whenever you watch the replay and like, who's going up to the official, the lines were so cute when they were trying to be over cute on like who was going up to the official, like Taylor Decker, I got three tackles went up to the official and tried so they tried to make it look like, um, you know, that they all were reporting or, or that, that Dallas had to guess who was reporting. Well, they, they tried to fool the the Cowboys, but they fooled the officials is what it kind of looked like. Is mm-hmm. uh, And I have a hard time believing. I believe that the, the Lions, that the right guy reported, but I, I guess the, the lesson going forward is you, you better be clear to the official on who, you know, be very clear. Don't send two more guys up to try and confuse the opponent. And I saw something, uh, someone wrote, and there's a bylaw that uh, a commissioner can actually overturn a game if, like, in some extreme situations, which it's never been done before. And, it is yeah. and I said, oh, my God, if we start doing that, I mean, it's already bad enough that we have to wait, like, 10 seconds after a big play to see if it counts. Can you imagine having to wait till like, Tuesday afternoon to know if a team won or lost, uh, which kind of, you know, that's the way the world goes now. But I don't see that ever happening. But I guess the lesson learned is uh, if you just play it, you know, don't try to confuse the other team because you might might confuse the officials as well. I guess I'm glad to see that it doesn't look like that official group of officials is going to be doing much time in the much play in the playoffs. And I don't think they they should because uh, that was egregious. You got to get that right. And that's such games on the line. You better be locked in a little bit, too. I mean, it, it sounds like I mean, the. Uh, when, when, when I was in high school, we had, we ran a finesse offense where we were faking the ball to the, our fullback who was really good at faking and then pitching it around and, and so successful. So many times our fullback would get tackled, you know, without the ball. 
And so many times the refs were blowing it dead. I remember hearing our coaches were warming up against St. Bernard's and he comes up and he's explaining to the ref, just like Dan Campbell did. This is the kind of offense we run. This is what's going to happen. This is what's been happening. Don't blow it dead until you make sure that he doesn't have the ball. Because sure enough in that game happened, fake up the middle and a pitch around and the guy's going for a, a 70 yard touchdown called back. Can't I can't believe how frustrated uh, Dan Campbell must have been because he went up and explained ahead of time this is what's going to happen and on this level they should not make that mistake you know he's telling them the situation what he's going to do and then they still blow it yeah I mean if if, if you believe her yeah I I believe that he did that uh, you know that, that's uh, yeah anyway it's, it's unfortunate I mean this is it's a hard hard game to officiate. Um, yes, but it's, I, I feel like the fact that they, oh, there's always, and this maybe doesn't pertain to this play, but the fact that, that there's someone watching over them might in, in the, in the legal office and all this, it, it ultimately maybe it gets more plays, right. But it also lends itself to what we've seen all season long where, you know, they let a play play out and the, the whole team runs down to the end yeah. zone and they celebrate it. And we all know. We know where it's going. We know it's not going to hold up. We know, you know, in real time that what's what's probably happened, uh, it's coming back. Uh, but I just wonder if if you're if these officials, um, just you know, they had so much in their heads as far as you know, do I let it play out? Do I do this? Do I do that? As a, as opposed to just officiating the game and and doing the best they can. Yeah, but two-point conversion with the game on the line, a team going for it. Got to get dialed in there, ref. He looked like he just kind of go, yeah, 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 you're eligible. You ain't getting nothing. It goes on. It's like, mm-mm-mm. He's thinking about his post-game beer, Mark. I don't know. I, I was I was pretty lame. I, and I, I'm not a big supporter of the Lions over time, but, you know, they, they deserve the way they're playing to 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 get the benefit of the doubt on something like that. And I've always, I'm always happy to see the, the the Cowboys lose, and unfortunately they should have but didn't. But uh, that's beside the point. Um, Ravens are looking pretty good after two weeks ago beating the Niners, uh, who, who came bounce back last week. The, the Ravens look like the team to beat right now in the NFL. What do you think? Well, yeah, I picked against them this week. Or Not that that means anything. My picks have been horrible. Uh, but I, I, I my reasoning was – they have been anointed as the team to beat, and whenever as soon as you get that crown, you get beat. Not only did they did they not get beat, they put up fifty six points so against uh, Miami. Was it was it Miami? Miami and uh, big showdown with Miami. They put up fifty six points. Lamar Jackson has a perfect passer rating. Uh, I mean, it looks like Lamar. Uh, you know, you hate to just always hand it to the quarterback. You know, whoever yeah. is the best team with the best quarterback gets it or whatever. But man, he looks like the MVP right now. Yeah, he sure does. Is does uh, Cleveland have enough to stand up to him? I, I, I'm still gonna say I don't think anybody wants to play Cleveland in the AFC in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Cleveland. You know, you would think uh, if it shakes out the way it looks that that you know their their first game is going to Jacksonville as the five seed playing the four. Um, you know, and you know, crazy things. Yeah, they're the number two yeah, team. They've already won. They've already beaten Jacksonville. Jacksonville is kind of slumping, although they won twenty six to nothing on on Sunday, and um, uh, they've already won there. 
uh, and you know the, the Vikings are the, the the Browns have the defense to, to take care of them, but you know I, there's a lot of uh, scar tissue with Browns as, as in addition to Vikings. You know you it's what should happen. Just like the Giants, Giants coming back uh, to, to Minneapolis last year, you figure, well, you know, they, even though it was a 61-yard field goal yeah. that beat them on Christmas Eve, you feel like okay, this is not a bad matchup for them to have, but. You know, things happen. Oh, I, you know, speaking of scar tissue, I, I think of your brother. I wish he was around to see to see the uh, brownies this year because they, they, to me, they look so tough. They, 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 they seem to be very confident. They, they're come behind uh, Flacco. And you know, Flacco is going to be a great story if they keep winning. Brownies are going to be fun to watch here in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Flacco's playing with a guy that's playing with house money. He's so loose that that you know, it, it's just playing free, just free and easy, and, he, and he's making turnovers. You know, it's the Vikings still, and I guess technically they still have a chance, but the Browns were the first team to make the playoffs with four quarterbacks starting multiple games. Jaron Hall starting that second, his second game on Sunday made the, you know, the Vikings could have been the can and still be the second team to do that. Uh, and, and the turnovers, you know, the Browns have, have more turnovers than anybody in the league at 35. 26 by their quarterback. The Vikings have 32 turnovers, 26 by their quarterback. Uh, people say, well, they're, then their defenses are a little different. But, you know, the Vikings heading into that game on Sunday were, the, uh, I think, number 10 in, in points allowed. The Browns were number 12. Uh, granted, there could be some outlier games in there here and there. But what I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's – the Vikings don't just get a pass because they lost Kirk, you know, uh, there were games that was there. It was there for the taking, and they didn't. They didn't seize. You want to go with this again? You're already trending on the Viking subreddit with this, these comments, and now now you're going to get blasted again for for bringing up this comparison. I don't even know what that was when you texted me. <laughs> yeah, my son pointed it out to me. He says, "Hey, your, your buddy on uh, the breakdown is uh, uh, getting getting. He's the, he's the number one guy on Viking subreddit. It's it's Reddit is you know you know what Reddit is and it's the Vikings uh, Actually, area. I, I really didn't know that until, until you pointed it out. But. Yeah, pretty classic. Oh, I do, Joe. You're old school. Uh, what's going on with Philadelphia? Uh, you know they were winning some close games early. I think uh, they're not now. Yeah. You know, when you look at the at the Vikings scenarios, what has to happen, which you still haven't, as a Vikings fan, you should know what your scenarios are, right? The uh, they need the Packers to lose at um, at home to the Bears. They need Seattle to lose at Arizona, and, and then and then they need either Tampa Bay to lose at Carolina or New Orleans to lose at Atlanta or at home to Atlanta. Yeah. So uh, you know the Bears have won four or five, so they could they could beat the Packers, right? Yep. Uh, Seattle, uh, Arizona just beat the Eagles. Yes. Um, and so they could beat Philadelphia, right? And uh, yeah, Tampa Bay probably wins at Carolina, but New Orleans lost to Atlanta just like four weeks ago. So all that could happen, Joe. But the probably the one thing that, that's the longest shot is the Vikings beating the Lions. So uh, you're but not that's yourself on Vikings subreddit there, buddy boy. You're not saying that you know uh, Arizona beating Philly. Um, was it at Arizona? I forget where it was. At Arizona, I think it was at Arizona. I think so. But it doesn't. It shouldn't matter. But no. Arizona is always that. 
you know, they're, you know, they snuck up and beat the Cowboys when they were on top of the world and with Josh. With Dapp. Dapp. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's still a league where, I mean, anything can happen, but I mean, the Vikings, you know, the fact that they cannot, they, that they, their offensive line is not forceful enough to have a running game to put together for consistency for a backup quarterback. That's where the, that's where the Browns separate themselves from the Vikings. It's not, I don't think it's as much the defense, you know, although the defense is fantastic in Cleveland. It's that ability to line up when it's second and five or, 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 you know, third and three and just hand off and, and get your first, the willingness to do it from, from picking the guy, picking the players to, to calling the plays to actually executing is light years ahead in Cleveland as opposed to here. And that's one of the biggest problems is they are, uh, they're a, they, they're not a forceful offensive line, and they they have to, like, try and trick and out-scheme and do all this stuff, and, and you can't do it consistently. Wow. wow, look at that. We're way over time, so I guess we don't have time to talk about the prediction segment this week. You know, there's nothing really new. To, no, 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 no. We got to give Mark his due. He finally finally broke through. He he he, uh, he picked the Vikings. Uh, I thought you might uh, – or you picked the, the the Packers last week. I thought you might pick the Vikings because they're the home team, and I was going to pick the Packers. And Way past that. I, I, I really felt that the Vikings were going to be in trouble. I didn't think it would be that bad, but uh, so it was. But Mark uh, uh, is 2-1 is with the one game left, so he's got the two-game lead. And I'll pay your beer just as soon as I get mine from last year. So. That's right. You know, in the, in this in the virtual world, I, I saw you one time uh, mm-hmm. in, in since last year. So um, yeah, we're, I guess we're even. We're, we're, we're rubber matches next year. Right? No, we got we've got to, we've got to pay those off. That's the whole point. So uh, congrats to you, Mark, for that. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Lions next week anyway, just for the heck of it. And you know what we should do. It's just for the fun of it. We should pick this game, uh, Vikings Lions, and no, then no, I'm you're, good. You're, you're good. I'm good on that. This is a victory for me. If you want to do something else, you can. I was going to say, so you you could then pick the Vikings lose, and then we could pick the Browns oh, game. We could pick the Browns game as a tiebreaker. No, no interest no, in that. Uh, okay. Um, you've been looking at my picks in the paper, saying, "How could I lose to this clown?" <laughs> um. No, no, I, I wouldn't pick the Vikings just as a job. I mean, to me, they put they like I've like my same reason as last week. Until the quarterback starts throwing it to the right team, uh, you know, I, I just I, w- I wouldn't pick it. I just uh, I don't feel that uh, I feel that they we've been talking about it. I mean, Kirk Cousins talked about not turning the ball over, couldn't do it. Uh, Dobbs, same thing. Mullen, same thing. Jaron Hall, same thing. Um, this is who they are. This is their, you know, they're going to go to their, their 2023 resting place as uh, a team that couldn't, you know, couldn't execute with the, uh, with the quarterback play, it, uh, especially the backups. Yeah. Well, that's, that, that about wraps it up. That's, that sums it up. This, the Viking season, you know, I, I, cheery I have, ending, huh? pardon me. Real cheery ending. We both picked Detroit. Yeah, what are you gonna do? It's, oh, it's a, the uh, they they have a three percent chance to make the playoffs, and I'm just not seeing it. I, I'm not cheering for the Vikings to lose, but if they do, it's not gonna bother me because maybe it'll improve their draft position. At this point, that's what they got to be looking towards. Like we said, they should be working on that already. Um, 
That should do it this week for Vikings Territory Breakdown. Thanks, Mark. Congratulations on your win. As Granny Hawkins says, you can pay you when I see you again, Josie Wales. Uh, um, and until next week, we'll be back again next week to talk about the pack or the Packers. No, we're done with the Packers. The Packers Vikings. in the playoffs? <laughs> Gosh. Somehow that's got to not happen, but it probably will. Um, when you go, depending on the Bears for uh, – for for to 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 help you out you might you might be in trouble but uh thanks mark thanks everybody for tuning in thanks mike Walden behind the scenes thanks joe johnson and uh we'll be back next week and we'll talk it all over again so come on back and we'll see you then until then skull skull